Well, uh, it's really great privilege to be up here with my father today. Um, just want to celebrate. We want to share something, uh, but at the same time celebrate something. Um, and, and I hope that God really moves today. Celebrating Father's Day. If you're a father, how about you stand up? Fathers. Any fathers in the room? Now, I know, I know you hear this every day from your kids and your wife, so let me be the last to say how proud, <laughs> how proud we are of you, how great you are at fixing things, leading well, speaking well, taking care of business. I know you hear that so much, so, you know, you don't want to hear that from me. It's a privilege to uh, celebrate Father's Day with my father and, and share a message that I believe is timely. It's regarding building and, and where we're going as a people, God's people, God's men. But this word is not just for men. This is a faith word. It's one that everybody in the room can grab hold of. And God will advance everyone in his spirit as we continue to have the faith to say, God, I want to build for you and I want to build well. So we're going to go into uh, Hebrews chapter 11, verse 8. Verse 8 says, by faith, Abraham, when he was called, obeyed by going out to a place which he was to receive for an inheritance. And he went out not knowing where he was going. Verse 9, by faith, he lived as an alien in the land of promise, as in a foreign land dwelling in tents with Isaac and Jacob, fellow heirs of the same promise. For he was looking for the city which has foundations, whose architect and builder is God. Let's pray. Father God, thank you so much for giving us the opportunity to celebrate fathers. Lord, we live in a world where fathers are, are seem to, to be insignificant, not as important in the piece of the puzzle, but we know that you have placed strategically fathers in our lives so that they can build your kingdom and build our houses. Lord, help us to be an agent of restoration. And Lord, as we study this scripture today, help us all to put our hands to the plow and build well. In Jesus' name, amen. So three points today. First is go, because God's taking you somewhere. Second is stay. There's a season in your life where you need to stay put and root yourself in what God is doing for you. And the last is, is, is clearly to build. And we're all building. We'll always be building. As a matter of fact, you build throughout the process. But we want to highlight these moments of Abraham's life. We want to touch on his children as well. The Hebrew writer here is trying to get a point across about faith. This is actually considered the hall of faith, Hebrews 11. And as you continue to read, you see more men and women giving all that they have to the promise that God put on the inside of their hearts. And as they live, they continue to carry out his promise, and it was transferred through generations. So much so that we can write today and we can read today and say, that's the faith that I want. I want to grab that and I want to apply that to my own life. So that's the encouragement as we read today. You can't build without faith. It's impossible. At least you can't build well. So go. Verse 8 starts off by saying Abraham was called. Something unique about living for God is we all have a sense of calling. I believe there's two P's. There's, a, there's, there's two purposes. There's a capital P, which is to, to, to glorify God with all that you have. 
But then the lowercase p is whatever you have. So God will give you a purpose. The ultimate purpose is to make disciples. He says it in Matthew 28. But then alongside of that, there's a unique gifting that God has given every single person here. So the more that we trust God, the more that we find our, our talents and our, and, our, and our passions. And we put those together and we advance the kingdom for God's glory. But we want to talk about the big P today. God calling. God called Abraham to start a nation. I love that he said, I want to make a great nation in you. Not a, not a great man. He could have said, hey, I want to make you the best Abraham that there ever was. The best man that, there, that ever lived. He said, I want to make a nation. Dad, tell us about your calling. Walk us through the, the, the moments when you left Houston, Texas. You ended up here. You were going on nothing but a call. Well, it started off when I was 10. My parents got divorced that day. My mom said, we're leaving Dad. They came to the elementary school to get me. I was 10 years old. It was about four kids. Of the seven kids were in the car. Somebody screamed out, we're leaving Dad. And I had a revelation that, as a kid that I knew exactly at that moment what I wanted to be. No negative against my parents, but I wanted to be an incredible husband, incredible dad. I'm going to get my chance. You guys had your chance. One day I'm going to get my chance, not knowing exactly what all that means. But that was when it began. And then when I went on and grew up as a kid and went to college, played football, and had the opportunity to come here, it wasn't like this generation. I was, I was very apprehensive and not sure. It wasn't just, hey, I'm going to play football. I'm going to get money. I had a real sense of... And where am I going? Who am I going to be with? What will I be 1,500 miles away? And our family was incredibly homesick people. We were naturally homesick folks. You couldn't go. I never spent the night outside of our house until I went to college. So, uh, so it was, it was a, an interesting thing for me. It wasn't, as I said, it wasn't like this generation. But I had a sense that to, to go here, I had to feel like I was going somewhere that God wanted me to be versus they drafted me and I'm just going to go play for this team. I didn't feel that way. You may not understand that because you see what, what it looks like today when kids get drafted and they go. It really was important to me that where I go, that eventually I would find a greater purpose. I would find the people that I'm to walk with. But, so it was, it, was, it was really tough in that time for me. There's a direct correlation between, and obviously when we say called, we don't mean the, the phone call from the Redskins. We mean you gave your life to Jesus in college, and then wherever he was to send you, you were trusting that he had your best interest. Absolutely. So just, just in case you were thinking yeah. the call is about some team. Um, but alongside of that, obedience comes into play. And without obedience, the call can't be fully displayed in the manner that God has called you to, to live in. So faith... Is the, is the bridging the gap between what you heard God say and then where you're going as you obey what he, what he said. But sometimes it doesn't look the same way that you or that we would like for it to look. So God calls you into the city. You could have different thoughts and different ideas of what it's supposed to look like. Abraham, I'm sure, didn't think much of having to sacrifice his son or having to, you know, be out in the wilderness living in a tent. I don't think that that was what, when he heard God call him, he thought that, you know, I don't think that was what he thought God had in mind. So as you continue to move by, by way of God's calling, what sustained you? What sustained you and, and kept you in line with God's promise? I, I feel like I, I was driven to find a people. I needed help. 
I found Pastor Brett right after I got here. He was a chaplain over at Howard University. And we began to spend time together, actually 6 a.m. in the morning, twice a week, which wasn't cool. <laughs> and, uh, and then one evening. And so I, was, I found him and I found a, a sense of, started to try to build a sense of family. Uh, I also thought it was wisdom for me, which I end up uh, asking my wife to marry her after only knowing her for six months. Uh, but I felt like, I felt like I, when I got here that this is it. This is my people. And so we, we, we've been married. She was about 18. And then uh, when we got married, she was 19 years old and nine months. I know all that stuff. <laughs> but, and we've been married over 32 years. But, but I, I, it plugged into, I was trying to, and, and I'm saying all this to say it, it really had nothing to do with the job I had. It had to do with me trying to find what I was, who I was and what I was supposed to be and how I was to fulfill the purpose of God. And that's not always easy because, I mean, just meeting a girl and, and meeting her family and trying to say, I don't even have a history on y'all. I just have six months of you guys. But it was, I felt like God was, was leading me that way. I felt like God led me to this city, this team. And so I, I chose to, to, to dive in and plug in and try to be a part of what he was trying to do, not knowing completely what I was doing, trust me. The more you obeyed, the more you started to see it come alive, the more you started to see it open up. God gave Abraham a word, and I don't think it would even be right for God to show Abraham all that it looked like, because he probably wouldn't have known what to do with it. But as God called him, he continued to walk in faith, and in that walking in faith, he started to see it more and more. And that promise or that mission that God gave him sustained him and kept him plowing forward. Even to the point, Romans 4.20 says that he didn't waver in unbelief, but was strengthened in his faith and gave glory to God. This was when, this was when he, his body was good as dead, and he said, man, I, God, you're promising me a son? There's no way. But something about when you live with a promise on the inside of you, it pushes you through into that next place so that you continue to build. So we're able to build because the promise is in us. We're able to build because the promise is in us. Let me just add this. I had a revelation when I was younger uh, that comes out of um, it comes out of a time when I was just reading scripture, where the Lord spoke to me about um, about even David, David having uh, having a family and having a promise from God, and and how as he was about to die, he talked to his son about uh, about doing the will of God, and that God would always keep a man on the throne if you guys will. And it's and the promise was for David. God is going to keep his promise to David by you doing what you're supposed to do. And so as I begin to grow in that, understanding what, where I am, why I'm here, why I've been brought here, and I begin to really plug into people to begin to have a better handle, a better, obviously you don't you really see it and know all as you just said, but to get a better grasp on why you're here and what are you living for, and that's how it affects my family and the decision that I made as well. The writer also says in, in verse 9 that he lived, Abraham lived as an alien among strangers in a land that was promised to him. You wonder sometimes, how can a foreigner be in a place of promise? I mean, God, you said that you're supposed to give me this land, but I'm living in a tent. <laughs> Anybody ever been in a tent when you know that you're supposed to be in a fortress? 
right? <laughs> but this is the beauty of it. Abraham, and it's, it's said in Genesis chapter 12, verse 6, Abraham finds himself living in the very place, the land of Canaan, that hundreds of years later would be the land of his inheritance. His descendants would be in that very place. So for all the fathers in here who feel like, man, I just can't catch a break. I just keep on hustling. I keep on, on, on doing all that I can, but I just, I don't see the light at the end of the tunnel. That light at the end of the tunnel, at the end of the tunnel might be for your children. That light at the end of the tunnel, what you do right now, what you do today, sticking to that promise, that tent that you live in that's uncomfortable might be a place of comfort for generations to come. That's why God called uh, Abraham a nation, because it's not about the man. The more the man lives, the more the man advances the kingdom, the more faith the man walks in, the more the nation gets birthed. And now the nation is able to demonstrate that same faith. Dad, what... There's a story that not a lot of people know, 1989, when the Redskins were trying to trade you. Tell, tell us a little bit about the stain. This is, this is <clears throat> monumental to your, your future at the point, uh, at the time. Yeah, and, and a gentleman asked me after the last service, he said, uh, how does a pro football player go broke? <laughs> <laughs> so I was broke. <laughs> I didn't have any money. The Redskins had torn up my contract and said, we're going to move you on and and, and a team called, and they were going to pay me a lot of money. And, and so I went and prayed, and we prayed, and, and God said, uh, don't go. I was actually borrowing money from Brett. Brett had no money. <laughs> but uh, but we, we were broke. I told my mom, Mama, we, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm struggling. I, I can't pay your house note either. So um, <clears throat> my mom said, baby, take care of your family. I said, yes, ma'am. But God said, don't go. And so I, me and my wife talked about it, told the agent, look, we're not going anywhere. We just, I don't know, I don't know, I'm not even talking about a job. I'm just obeying God. So tell the teams, that team and any other team, there's no discussions. And so for us, we prayed and we trust God. Uh, and I guess, for the, as they say, the rest was history in terms of my career ended up being 20 years with the Redskins. But but it was, it was for us knowing how to seek God as we grow, grew and matured, knowing how to, um, to hear his voice and reach out in his word and try to find direction. The sons of God in Romans 8 is, are led by the spirit of God. You need to, if you're going to know where to go, you're gonna, the best resource is God. And so it's been a privilege for us to, to be able to go through that. It wasn't fun at the time. I can just tell you it was painful. <laughs> fearful, and all the other things, but it, it, was, it was for us to be obedient. And I think this is why it's so important to be faithful to God's call, because your, fa- your faithfulness in the process, though it hurt, ended up building a platform for you later. You didn't know in 1989, which was your maybe sixth Six season? Six I think six years. Yeah. You didn't know that you would play 20 years. You were in the stomach. I was born in, in 1989. So you don't know... In the midst of your hard time, you don't know what, what's to come. So if you would have left, I would have been growing up in Denver. I don't know what I would have been doing. Just cold. Probably but jacked stay- up. <laughs> <laughs> probably doing some stuff that I probably shouldn't be doing because Denver's different. But, but <laughs> praise God. But, but because of your obedience and your faithfulness to God's word, that promise sustains you now. Faith being demonstrated is very key because God shared the same promise 
with three generations. Abraham, Isaac, Jacob. I can read them to you here. Genesis chapter 12, verse 1. This is, and I'm paraphrasing a, a few of them, but, but God calls Abraham. This is the first calling. He says, go forth from your country and from your relatives. There's a going involved. And from your father's house to the land which I will show you, and I'll make you a great nation, and I will bless you. I'll make your name great. I'll make you a blessing. I'll bless those that bless you. God was giving Abraham this message or this promise that said, if you follow me and my statutes, I'm going to take you to another level. Then you fast forward, and his son Isaac, Genesis 26, 24, says, The Lord appeared to him and said, I am the Lord, the father of, of your father. The God of your father, do not fear, I am with you, I'll bless you, I'll multiply your descendants. Does that sound familiar? So God continues to say the same thing that he said to the, fa to the father. And then to the grandson, Genesis 35, 9, Jacob is named Israel. When the Lord appeared to him, he said, I'm going to change your name. Your name is now Jacob, you should no longer be called, uh, your name is now Israel, you should no longer be called Jacob, but Israel should be your name. Thus he called him Israel, I am God Almighty, be fruitful and multiply a nation and a company of nations shall come from you. Three generations, one promise. We as millennials, we're all trying to find our promise. You need to look up your upline. <laughs> Regardless of with, if your father was faithful, if your mother was faithful or not, the promise still remains. The promise still remains. So that's why we got to get back in our word. And see where the promise lies. And if we can grab hold of that promise, then that's when the nation is birthed. Yeah. We're trying to be special. Mm. We're trying to be significant. You need to get back to the bare, to, to the, to the, to the bare necessities, to the basics. Mm. God's promise and God's purpose yeah. for your life, for you to advance his kingdom. One thing that I want to add to that is, you know, I like to read the Bible and, and see it as myself living in the moment, Right? I like to, to wonder, what was the conversation like walking down the mountain after Isaac was almost killed by his dad? <laughs> hey, dad, that was crazy, you know? <laughs> and then what does dad say? Hey, you hungry? <laughs> you know, if I am hungry, I'm going to eat with mom. I'm, I'm not, we're not hanging out together tonight. Give me a week just to get my psyche back. <laughs> And then you grow up. I, li I like to read the Bible like that because I don't think that they just walked down and said, this was blessed. This was a great day. <laughs> Dad, you had me tied up. <laughs> but there's something about a covering over the father. Understand this. Isaac was able to see and hear about a lot of his father's shortcomings. Isaac knew who Ishmael was. Isaac was up on the mountain about to, be, about to be sacrificed. Isaac probably heard, oh, you know, you know dad lied to, to the king, and then he said mom was his sister. You know, Isaac knew a lot about what, what, what dad had did. But he loved his dad, and he allowed the promise to continue him in faith. So sometimes the promise or the mission sustains the relationship, so they become closer. See, this is why you got to tell your kids the story. I'm preaching a little bit more than I thought, but... If he didn't tell me the story about grandpa and great-grandpa and the alcoholism and the one-night stands, and if he didn't tell me that, and then he didn't tell me about his shortcomings, then I wouldn't understand how powerful this promise really is. So now we get to walk together Preach. and say, I might just, we just Preach. keep going. Now we can walk together and I can cover my father. Instead of becoming bitter, I make him look better. I make him look better. 
Because I'm saying the same thing that Jesus said, forgive my father, he knew now what he did, but guess what? I'm going to take it to the next level. I'm going to take it to the next level. So staying, I don't know if you have anything to add to that, Yeah. Uh, but staying is, is crucial. That's powerful. Hey, uh, I, man, yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> I had a revelation years ago from, from Exodus, I think, 12, when, Abra, when Moses was called, uh, he was getting ready to do the last plague. Remember all the plagues? I think the locust plague. And then his, all the people, Pharaoh's people, were just, like, frustrated. And they came to Pharaoh and said, man, come on. Let these people go. So Pharaoh said, well, look, tell Moses to come and talk to me. So he goes and talks to him. Say, Moses, hypothetically speaking, if I do let y'all go, I mean, who would you take? <laughs> he said, man, I'm taking everybody. I'm taking grandpa and them. I'm taking, my, I'm taking everybody, mom and them, yeah. We taking the generation, the older generation, us generation, and the children and everybody. I, I live that way. I believe which I believe led to the vision and what we talked about for how we could participate and lead my dad to the Lord before he died and how I got right and how at 10 years old I said, man, happy birthday. I remember when I was 10, my parents got divorced. I'm going to die faithfully with your mama and how I could speak those things to him and how he can hear those things. So to support what you said, you're exactly right. It's, it was all who are living both behind me and me and you and the future. I think that's, that's been really a part of our call, a part of our whole DNA, a part of plugging in to the promise beyond what you saw with your dad and mom. I think that's important. There's a, there's a real call for us to stay in the game. A lot of men quit. A lot of men run when the going gets rough. But there's a reason why you need to stay. And we have three examples of this. There's men who are called to pioneer. You were a pioneer in our family. So you didn't grow up in the church. You didn't grow up with discipleship, and you sure weren't meeting with anybody every week like I do. You know, so you weren't getting discipled and poured into. You were pioneering. Some of you all are saying, well, I can't relate to Jared. Take this man. Take Abraham. You can't relate to Isaac Jacob. Take Abraham. Pioneering, you're the first. Some people say, oh, well, well, I can't relate to that. I, you know, I grew up in the church. Well, you're an Isaac. And Isaac's call was to take his dad's message and to take his promise and to go to the next level. And then some of you all have to wrestle like Jacob did. And some of you all in the fight of your life. But if you don't wrestle, if you don't stay in that fight, you're going to miss out on what God has for you. So every man and every woman, this is not just for the men, but you can find yourself in one of these men. I'm so grateful that God gave us this story, aren't y'all? Because now he allows us to identify with these pillars of the faith so that we can advance the kingdom for all good, for Jesus good, and all that he's called good. us to do. Now, um, I want you to describe, before we get into the building process, describe the importance of sowing into your children. So we're talking about Abraham, and he's sitting, as Hebrews says, uh, in Hebrews 11 verse 9 says, that he's sitting in the tents with his sons, and he's, he's trying to impart something. Practically, how do you impart something? What did you do with us that helped us, you know, Keep, keep it all together or to, all, to the best always, of our ability. Always, probably to y'all's disliking, but every day I spoke about this stuff. I sent you to Texas. I wanted you to go see what I said with your own eyes, where I live, who I lived with. Um, I would go in their beds at night. I come home late. I go and jump in his bed 10 minutes. We talk about stuff, wake him up at 12 midnight and start saying the same thing. 
get in the other kid's bed. And, I, and so I did that over and over, probably, like I said, 50 million times, speaking the vision, speaking, giving you the revelation. I think that is so key. Also, I think that that's, that's what I was created for. I mean, people see me as Daryl Green, the football player. That's what I did for a job. Who I am was the man trying to carry out the purpose of God. And I believe that it was my responsibility with the revelation that I had to impart that to you guys pretty much every day. Amen. Pretty much every day. And thank God nobody ever threw it in my face and got mad. Dad, I'm tired of hearing that. I never really heard that. And so I was, they heard it pretty much. When I say every day, it's not an exaggeration. Right. Uh, <laughs> but we're up here, though. <laughs> we are. Up here. But we're up here. We are. Um, <laughs> right, right, right. Uh, now, that being said, son, that being said, I think it's, it's very important for us as, as parents. And remember, if you're not a parent yet, this is, if you can't identify what we're talking about, now you know how to pray for when you are a parent. Or if, you'll, if you won't be a parent, you're going to lead somebody. So this is uh, how to pray. But, but there was something about the conversation. Parents aren't having the conversation these days. They're not telling the kid about the dirt. So then they just show this image of perfection. Oh, yeah. And then everybody else around them is holy, you know. So now I can't really, I can't come to my dad with some dirt because he's so clean, Right? So the importance, what is the importance? I want you to talk about how you told us to play in the game, not just practice every day. That, that is, man, that is so important, especially in Christendom. So we would practice the kingdom. We're talking about it every day. Some of you <laughs> at 16, 17, 18, and the party starts at 11 over Mike's house, at Debbie's house, you go, no, no, you ain't going to no party. No, no, no. We're going, where's the party, Jared? It's over Mike's house. Who you going with? What time it start? Hey, man, represent. See you in the morning. They went played in the game. They didn't just pra practice. They didn't just practice, 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 and never get to play. Our kids got to play. Jarrell, you going to the party tonight? Go on, girl. Represent. Our kids went. They went. They didn't just get out there in college and go, I've never played in the real game. When old smooth boy came up, oh, she already saw him. She saw him. She already saw it. So we were very, it was very important for us to allow our kids. It's a funny story. I let Jarrell, Jarrell learned how to drive when she was a senior. And we were coming from school, uh, Flint Hill to Ashburn. And it was raining, as they say, cats and dogs. And I got out and went on the other side. And, man, I didn't even look at her. But I know she was, she was staring me down like, and I was just acting like, <laughs> and then she drove home in that bad, bad rain because one day she was going to have to drive in bad, bad rain. I didn't jump in there. No, no, not today. You're not driving. Now, I had my seatbelt on, and I was holding on. <laughs> but I think it's so important that what I was speaking to these guys, they knew that I had blown it in the game, but now I, I got it right, but they had to go play the game and not go, oh, no, you ain't going out there. What time's the thing? What time? Hey, man, when you get back, I'll be asleep. See you tomorrow. Mm. Represent. 
and that's, that's so encouraging to many parents who, who, who feel like, man, I, I just, fear has over, overwhelmed me, and, and I don't trust, you know, that the Lord is going to watch over my child, or, or that I've instructed my child to a certain degree. So my hope is that all of us, including me as a parent, we can take a little bit of that and say, okay, this is how I'm going to apply it, because I played sports, and some of you all did. Whoever wants to practice all year long and never play in a game, it's a weird concept. So let me go out there and let me play and let me bump my head, you know, every now and then. Let me make a bad decision, but let's come back together and talk. And, and I think that's good. what builds relationships, and I believe that's what Abraham had with Isaac and that's Jacob. That's good. That's good. Regarding building, verse 10 says that Abraham was looking for a city which has foundations whose architect and builder is God, meaning that he wasn't looking for a specific place. This portion of building is so critical for us as believers that we don't build according to what we see. And not only do we not build according to what we see, we don't build according to our accolades. Sometimes we specialize in education or we specialize in whatever jobs or whatever to puff ourselves up so that we can think more highly of ourselves than we ought to, when really if you took all those things away, there's nothing under there. So Abraham was building and looking for a place God had built. And uh, I, I want to talk about purpose, because clearly you couldn't have built the way that you built without purpose. God gave you the, the, the blueprint so that you could be that all God called you to be, so that then you could give, us, uh, give that blueprint to us. Abraham built with a blueprint. What was your blueprint? And, and with that, so, there are some things that I think are important and some things that are really important. I wasn't, I'm not the guy to say, man, make sure you go and get a big time degree. Make sure you go and get, get paid. Uh, you're going to have to provide for your family. I'd, re- I'd rather look at who you're going to be as a man, which will influence what you will do. People always look at me as what I do, what I did. And they say, I'm Daryl Green that did this. No, I'm Daryl Green that is this. Love Jesus, love my wife raise a righteous family, oh, and we do this, this, and this. So it, it was, it's always important for me to be aligned with the plan and purpose of God. I know why I was born. I know that, I, that God want to do things through, through marriage. That was the beginning. The greatest name, think about this, of all that he created, the greatest thing that he created are human beings and put us in charge. But yes, when you look at all the turmoil, the greatest turmoil in the world, it, re- it, re- it relates to human beings. <laughs> We're in charge. I was telling some kids the other day, if you drove up to my house in your new convertible Mustang and a tree, my tree fell on it, and I walked out the door and saw you and the cops going back and forth with my tree, I think you're crazy. <laughs> You'd come to me because I'm over the tree. He said we're over the fish. We're over everything. It's all ours. You wouldn't be arguing about if this chair broke right now and I fell on my head, I'd be like going at him in this chair is going at it. <laughs> now, it'd be somebody who owned this chair <laughs> who gave me this chair. I'd be dealing with them. And so, <laughs> so, we are so we are so important in the equation. And for me, everything from what I experienced and what the revelation that I got was, man, we have got to raise up a godly people 
to know Jesus. That's what we said in our house, not education, not money, but Jesus. Jesus has, has sustained us, and because of that, loving Jesus, I'm going to work hard. I'm going to be on time. I'm going to train twice a day. I'm going to do, it will, it will direct how I go do stuff that I do, but it's going to come out of who I am going to be in Christ. And so that's what I tried to do with my family, have those conversations, not about how great your grades are. You know we got to get good grades, not how much money you're going to make. And you know you're going to have to pay your bills. When he said, Dad, I want to take one more semester and go and try to further my education. Yeah, right. But I want to try to get in the NFL. <laughs> one more semester. I graduated in four years. Let me go here. Will you back me? I said, I'll back you. But you remember, you said you get married in a couple months. You got to take care of your family. I'll give you one, one semester. I'll support you. And after that, dude, you got to take care of your family. That made sense. But if you don't come to me, Dad, I didn't make it this time. How about one more year? Dude, you 30 years old now. <laughs> so I think that's really important for us to have, have, why are we living? Why are we living? Why am I married? When he said, Dad, I'm getting married, I didn't go, to who? What? I didn't know Joanna. I was like, yes! And Joanna is my daughter because I knew what, what he saw about marriage and what he thought about marriage and that he had plugged into the river that we were flowing through from my daddy, from, my, from me to him, to his children, in God, that he would plug into it. So I didn't have to say, who is she? What is she like? Because I know what he was like and I know what he believes. That's important. That's now, important. a lot of people here don't have the story of NFL, money, in your, in your case. <laughs> Just got to let y'all know. Still trying to get it, you know. But a lot of people don't have... <laughs> you, Joanna, Jarrell, Jared, Joy. You have more money, but you have more bills. So yeah, even hello. But, but a lot of people don't have the same story. So a lot of people feel like, man, I, I don't have an avenue to live out my purpose because they are, they are kind of, um, they're, they're, they're turned away at their circumstance. So, oh, I, I work at the post office. I work at this place. I, I don't have the same story. Maybe I don't have as much purpose. And, and I want to say that that's just wrong. That's wrong. It's just wrong. That's good. Because the truth of the matter is you have purpose regardless of what your position that's is. Right. Yeah. See, if I stand up from this chair, I did this last service. This is a chair, right? What's the purpose of this chair? Someone to sit on it. For someone to sit on it. Now what's his purpose? It's the same. Now what's his purpose? Regardless of where you position it, the purpose still remains. So for us, we feel like, ooh, I'm living over in Reston now. I don't have as much purpose. I really want to be in McLean, right? Or I, I, I have this job over here, but then I don't have as much purpose because I'm supposed to be making six figures. Oh, I don't have the children that I want. I don't have, have the husband or the wife that I want yet, so I can't really live out my purpose. Preach. You know, we start to say, oh, wait till I get my money right. I'm going to really, I'm going to be something to mess with. But let me tell you this. It's not about, it's not about where you are. It's about what's in you. It's about who Come you on, are. Come on, man. It's about who you are. Come on. And not only who you are, but whose you are. 
It's whose you are. So if you are a child of the Almighty, then you are in the same lineage. It says that, that Abraham was intense with co-heirs. That means Isaac and Jacob had the same promise, the same, uh, 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 the same, same anointing, the same, the same victory that Abraham had. But guess what? We read in, in uh, Hebrews 11 for ourselves. So we have the same thing yeah. that they have. Yeah. So don't let the Come enemy trick you into thinking, oh, I don't have the right positioning. I need to get my position right for me to really, or I need to be at the church long enough, or I need to become a member so that I can serve. Serve right now. Yeah. Serve right now. You wait until you get on stage. There's, there's already a stage outside in the parking lot. There's somebody that needs to hear a word from you. You waiting to get on the po uh, with the podium and on the stage, but there's people who, who are on the cubicle next to you and your coworkers. There's neighbors. There's people that you walk by every day that you haven't witnessed to yet. Be faithful with the little. That's why God said it. If you can be faithful with that, then I'll keep on giving it to you. So don't mistake the position with the promise, with the purpose. God is calling all of us to advance his kingdom with your own hands, with your own hands. <clears throat> I want to close with this, the heavenly city. Some readers, some commentators believe that uh, Abraham was building this land or, the, or, or building, in, 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 building his life and his family, this nation, for a land that was going to be architect, is going to be structured by God. So, in other words, they believe that Abraham thought, I'm going to build now because God one day is going to build a big fortress and Jesus is going to reign over that. I don't agree with that. I believe that he was building a land where only God could be the architect, which is the heavenlies, yeah. the heavenly city. And that's what allowed him to plow through because he knew God's got something for me. I'm going to rest well. I'm going to be faithful, I'm going to be fruitful, and when I'm done being fruitful, I'm going to lay to rest, but I've got a place stored up in heaven. So from there, he was able to serve and do what he needed to do and hand it off. Some of us as parents, we, we won't let go. Let the child do what they're supposed to do. If you didn't do whatever, whatever you wanted to do, maybe you weren't called to do it. Maybe the calling is for your child. So, so if we can give it, let go, let go. And when you let go, you advance the kingdom by allowing the next person to run, the next person to run. But in the same process, you know that God has stored up a place that, that no manly architect could ever build. I mean, and, and, and it's not about the things. It's about the presence of God. So that's, I believe, why Abraham went through all of that, all of the struggle to pioneer and do all that he could. I'm doing something on earth, but I'm also trusting that there's something in heaven for me. And I'll hear my good, uh, you know, job well done, my good and faithful servant. So that being said, I want to close with this. I think that there's a great call for us to, to walk in faith. This whole sermon, this whole, this whole thing is about faith. I mean, do you really have the faith? And faith isn't about what you look like. It's not about how early you come to church. You should be on time anyway. It's not about that. It's not about how you sound when you sing. Faith is about you standing in the gap, saying, I'm going to obey because I've been called, and I'm going to do all that I can to advance God's kingdom for his glory, not mine. No matter what. And that faith, no matter what. And, and I'm not going to allow the things that I see to deter me from what God has called good, me to be. Good. So if that's you, I want us to, to pray. Is there anything you want to add before we pray? No, man, you faith. I love it, man. I love it. I, I, I just, 
I just appreciate the privilege at this juncture of being able to, to look back because I'm still going forward, but I can take a little rest stop and go, man, 34 years ago when I came to this city and marriage and struggles and issues and all these things and, and, and to stand up here and sit up here next to you is an incredible privilege. So you know what? <clears throat> I, 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 I love hearing you say that because all it does is go back on you. I'm just Jacob building, uh, getting the wells. You already, you know, you already planted them. You got the foundation. So I'm just swimming in the wells. <laughs> Well, let's, let's, let's Just pray. Just ask Joanna to have four more kids, and we're good. See, I'm staying out of that. <laughs> <laughs> I'll talk to her. <laughs> I, want us, I, want, I want us to pray um, because I believe there's, there's somebody in here, multiple people in here, who have, who have yet to build in the way that God has called them to build. And it's not a moment to beat yourself down. It's a moment to glorify God for stopping you right now. And saying, grab, grab your, your tools and get ready to build. I'm privileged to be able to have this man as my father, but I'm also privileged to be able to see other men like the elders of this house and, and other leaders who have built well. And I don't want that to only be the call for people on staff or for people who lead small groups or for people who are more consistent than others. I want everybody to be able to build so that their children and their children's children, the generations and nations, will be able to say, dad or mom started us off and we're continuing to build. Isn't that a good blessing? Yes. Isn't that what you want? So let's, let's pray that. And I want to also just give, a, give, a, give anybody the opportunity to give their life to Jesus today. Today's a great day. It's day one of breaking the ground. And as you break the ground, God's going to build you back up and you're going to see God advance. Let's pray. Father God, thank you so much for your goodness, for your grace, for your mercy. Lord, there's things that we've been building that we didn't even know. Lord, your sovereignty has watched over us. You've covered us with your grace. Lord, we're thankful for your faithfulness. Lord, you have a word and a calling for every single person in this building. Give us the ears to hear that calling. So that we could build well, whether we're an Abraham, an Isaac, or a Jacob, that we would be faithful with what you've given us so that a nation, a nation will be birthed out of our obedience.